There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Controversial subjects with the facts can be tense, but we are a sub-science here to make things make sense. Today we are talking about traveling. We're going to explain how it affects your brain, your body, your emotions, but also the impact of tourism on the environment and historically, when do we all start traveling the globe? Before that, we're going to be talking about genetic mutations and COVID as well as solar powers and climate change. And good news. Good, good news. news. Good news. What's it from? Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> Is that movie coming out? Oh, well, did it get delayed like, from delayed. the strike? Yeah, I'm excited for that. Do you think that's going to be good? For those who don't know what we're talking about, as two gay men, <laughs> we're talking about Wicked, the musical. I think a lot, right? Everyone knows about <laughs> it. It's, At this point, yeah. if you don't know about Wicked, where have you been? Um, you at least know about Adele Dazeem, at the yeah, very at least. Everyone, <laughs> definitely Adele Dazeem is more famous than Wicked. <laughs> but I do feel like it's going to be good, at least just because it's like, Defying Gravity is going to be the end of the first movie because they're splitting it up and that's the end of the intermission. So that'll be fun. I find it weird they're making it two movies though because I'm just like, are they putting a lot of filler in there? Yeah, because it's not like... Or it's going to be amazing. You're going to be like, wow, I'm so glad we're getting all this extra. No, every time I've seen Wicked recently, I'm like, oh, there's 10 minutes about goats teaching (laughs) professors. Like, I don't want more goats. It's literally like, we're turning into goats. And it's like, okay, I blocked that from my memory. So I don't want them to add to Wicked, actually. Unless. Maybe they're adding some new songs, I bet. But those ones Even then, that sketches me out. Yeah. Okay, so I guess deep down I think it's going to be bad because I'm yeah, not sounding but very I confident. really want it to be good I love I actually still love Wicked even though I think it's aged me too but that's just it's what a life good is soundtrack. yeah um, ages, including us we're talking about traveling because we just got back from I guess one might say a Euro trip <laughs> <laughs> right like when we were on it I was like so this is a Euro trip but we were only in two places yeah like, I know it's not but like I, we, we were in Spain and Italy and, and like they were one in, place in Spain and like one and a half places in Italy yeah but I mean it's Europe yeah <laughs> Europe has a vibe that like people talk about and when you're there you're like oh yeah they really do eat like croissants and have coffee for breakfast like that is the culture <laughs> and like they do like spend a lot of time together in parks like outside mm-hmm. with their kids and they do like have really old stores and the hotels are small and old because it's like ancient by the end of this episode we should give a verdict if you would rather live in europe or north america i know there's like obviously so many different places in europe but like 
if you had yes. to choose to be reborn. That's what I mean. I'm just saying, like, I it was a Euro trip in the sense that, no offense, Europe, I know you all have different countries, but there is a vibe amongst yeah. them all. And it's, it's like, it's... Especially like, to us, as I was saying. Not to oversimplify, but it is, like, croissants and coffee in the morning. <laughs> like, I am just like, wow, you're really doing a sweet and a coffee, and that's it? It's wild. I'm like, where's the grains? Where's the oats? Where's the kefir? You're, where's the you're yogurt? Like where's the berries? You're like a cereal boy. Yeah, I guess I needed to go to my I'm culture. I'm like, where are the eggs? <laughs> yeah, that's actually more American. I feel like for me, it was like, I should have gone to Ireland, which like technically is Europe. Is that like who eats, where Where eats the most cereal? Who invented eating cereal? The, uh, like, it's Because it's not oats. the British. It's so Irish, British, disgusting No, because British, oats. a British breakfast is like beans and ham. Wow, you just became, no offense, but your voice just got so gay. <laughs> um, that was intentional. A British breakfast. <laughs> it was on purpose. No, that's like modern. Like, think about like the... Think about like way continental breakfast is when you get like a muffin and cereal. It must be continental Europe. Let's just go with that. But in my head, I'm picturing oats and like milk and dairy as a culture being Irish and British because it's Mm. like gross and it's like not French. (laughs) It's not the other ones. German is very muesli. When I went to Germany, I was like, now this is where the muesli is at. Let's go. That's where you're from for sure. Yeah. You're probably like, not that you're actually from there. (laughs) I just mean like, I feel like that might, maybe Scandinavia. Like it's in your blood that you want to eat like raw, plain, bland, tasteless food. Yeah, it is like, also I bet that if you're European listening to this, you probably want to flip a table that I'm like, all of Europe is, the culture is just croissant and coffee in the morning. I'm like, that is like, maybe more French in Spain or something, but... Yeah, oh my Europe's god! And got in, a lot. And in Spain, they do you just you do eat so late, and it's like this can't be good. Yeah, you're like I'm at 10 p.m. and I'm the first reservation. Like we're the first people here. Yeah, and it's <laughs> like it's not like the morning isn't a struggle. <laughs> if you're Spanish, is it? Like, please phone in and explain. Although so freaking fun, we had so much fun in Barcelona. Yeah, and we honestly just kept our. We didn't get jet lag because we just. We were like, well, if dinner's at 10 yeah. and we're going to stay out and party, like we're just staying on home time. We stayed out partying till six and got up at one, <laughs> four days in a row because it was so fun. And so we didn't ever leave North American time zone. It was such a sleigh, <laughs> but it was like waking up at one while you're traveling is a bit like, are we horrible people? Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like. I well, mean, it was just that kind of trip. Yeah. We saw the Sagrada Familia. Gorgeous building. <laughs> <laughs> But anyways, that's why we had traveling on the brain. And it's like, did we enjoy it? Did we do something good for our bodies? You're going to find out. Mm-hmm. Should we get into it? Yeah. Slow. Oh, what did we learn this week? Okay, you go first. My, mine is some positive news about climate change, as you said, related to solar power. So a new research study just came out evaluating the fact that we may have just passed a tipping point for solar power to be inevitably like the main source of energy by they're saying 2050 hmm. um, based on like how fast it's growing, like how many people are adopting it, the price coming down so low, their estimate was that it doesn't like the barriers. There are still barriers, but there's so few that it's basically inevitable, huh, That's uh, which I thought was cool. Um, let me see what else I wrote that's here. Such a sleigh. Yeah. They're all the, the study itself was looking at like zero carbon power sources and where they may be in the next like couple of decades. Um, and so 
Yeah, I, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that interesting to say. It was just oh like my god, I love it. No, I'm trying to think, debate whether I like go into the details of the study. There are like four main barrier barriers. I'll just say now they were like grid resilience. So one of the big problems is making sure grids are prepared for this and that. Like, yes, solar doesn't run all day long. So how yeah. do you supplement know, it? Storage. How do you? Yeah, how do we yeah. improve battery storage? How do we connect areas so they can share power? So like, that's obviously a barrier that needs to be addressed. And like the mining of the lithium. Yes, yeah, that's another one. Oh, okay, supply, supply definitely chains. go into the issues. Okay. Supply yeah. chains is another one where they're like, we need to make sure because this is becoming so popular that we have enough resources for it or that the resources are available when we're wanting to. And we them. don't go to war over like yes. Chile yeah. and Argentina for the lithium. Yes, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, um, sorry. The financing, so apparently like the solar boom has mostly happened in high and middle income countries. Uh, but the study was like, we really need to put investments and like potential funding for lower income countries where the potential is even greater, but the money isn't necessarily there yeah. to help promote it right now. These are all legit issues. That yeah, but so, okay. And the last one was politics, like declining industries being against this. The, and what? How, the what industry? Um, sorry, I said like Climbing? politics, declining industries like the oil oh, industry, oh, gotcha. needing like um, transitionary phases so that they're not so against these movements. Do you know what I mean? Like people who work in these industries that will have to either transition and hopefully find new sk- be given new skills to work in other yeah, spaces. Yeah. It's like if you live in a country or a province that is primarily supported by like a or fossil a state. fuel or a state. <laughs> um, it's more likely the politics of that place is going to be more pushed back more against renewables. Yeah. Okay. Slow, um, slow, 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 slow. Yeah. But this ultimately they're saying those like, were all the issues that like yeah. are real. Right. But you're saying just even despite all that. Yes. It's like past a point where like it's happening. So they just, they already, they brought back the trajectory by 10 years of what they had originally thought it would be where I'm, solar becomes the majority power source. Remember when I like, took a big solar panel and then like took the wires and put them on my tongue and, and just got electrocuted. And then got like fully electrocuted and was like, <laughs> holy shit, they're powerful. <laughs> but in that moment I was just like, okay, wow, this works. Yeah. Like I like felt <laughs> it and like maybe took a few years off my life and I did film it and I don't know You've why You've never been the that. same since. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Ever since I've been able to hover my dog with my brain. <laughs> but it was like, Yeah. I hate to say this, but solar panels are a sleigh <laughs> and it's good that they're going to take over. But all those issues are serious. Mostly like the materials. They are. I guess like what the study was saying was ultimately they were like, even without support from more ambitious climate policies, like obviously that's been important up until this point is like having political strategies and policies that hmm. help lift up this industry yeah that can be really good but there's been a lot of barriers in that sense so it's like now it's hit that point where like consumers are willing to go it like a lot of places in the world like i was reading discussions around australia and for most australians it's financially more viable to get solar than anything else yeah it's like when it's i think of australia lot, lot of i think australia, of like right? a desert with like a shit ton of sun and like exactly. nothing else well i mean there is more than no that, there's but a like, big chunk of it is that no there's like yeah like melbourne and like sydney okay i didn't forget oh. you but the <laughs> Big middle, excuse me, they're always like, we're a continent. It's like, relax, how come? That's so unfair. If you're Oh, because a, they're huge. Exactly. That's my point. The middle of Australia where no one is, yeah, put like and just a like thousand million solar panels. And even in the cities, not just the middle. Like I lived in Townsville, which is near the northern part of Australia. And it, it, I swear it rained one time I lived there in six months. There you go. Sunny that's all what the I'm time. Saying. And yeah, so for people who live there, 
it, it probably makes them money to get solar. So the incentive is they don't need to incentivize people because people are like, I'm actually losing money if I don't put yeah, solar Yeah, wait, on. why isn't Australia like a giant fucking solar panel? It's a rich country. They have the They're probably becoming one. I don't know what the they status better. of them is. But then every time I hear about them, they're always like, we have this horrible right wing. Like, n- <laughs> like, I know they got rid of that one, but it was like, oh, it really sucks if you're like still relying on coal and you're Australia. I mean, yeah, well, Greg... Fucking don't speak too early before our next election in Canada. Okay, well, we're not going there. We will go there. I'm in just saying, episodes. like, countries don't I'm, but necessarily. Canada isn't a goddamn sunny McSun place. We have winter, so at least the person could argue that the solar panels are like half the year. Like, there's no fine, sun. Fine, 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 fine. I'm just talking about the reliance on fossil fuels in our country. No, having, like, I a pretty know. Big reliance you on didn't that. have to go there. I was making fun of Australia, which is always fun to do. <laughs> okay, move on. <laughs> I'm so sorry, Australia. Oh my God, I was about to defend myself. Australia doesn't care about you. I was about to defend myself. I'm Australia's defender (laughs) and you just leave them alone. (laughs) Just because you like Australian Survivor, which is incredible. Yeah, and I like Australians. I I lived there. I have traveled there multiple times. I also like Australians when they prove to me that they're worthy of being liked. That's all I'm going to say. I love them. I love them. I just (laughs) need to be proven first. And I also was about to find myself and be like, solar power, we are a justice for solar power family. And that's the Lord album, solar power. And I realized that's New Zealand. That's not Australia. So I'm sorry. Yeah, New Zealand is slay. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So for mine, uh, I learned about how there's a specific mutation on a specific part of the human genome that helps to control like genes encoding immune proteins. So if you have GG at this site, not GA or AA, so like guanine. I'm talking about guanine. DNA pairs. Yes, yeah. Okay. If you have GG, you have essentially like it affects your thymus gland and you end up like producing more immune cells and T cells. You get less severe lung damage from COVID and you're, you have like higher infection fighting immune cells up to six months after getting COVID. So it's just like research into starting to explain why maybe some people get COVID more often, why mm. some people get COVID less often. Mm. Like there's, they're actually looking at That's cool. Yeah. Cause we've yeah. always known like uh, why are some people more susceptible? I mean, obviously there's been like the stuff that some people are more immunocompromised, but then even between populations of like seemingly healthy, like people who are like, they're an athlete, but why did they get so sick? Yes. And they're an athlete, but they barely like had yeah. a sniffle. Like it, this is kind of addressing like, why is there such yeah, a aspects of it? Cause obviously there's just like so much like, other like there's so many factors that go into whether yeah. or not you get covid but it's at least interesting to know that scientists are starting to figure out that there are specific genetic like under every other sna- like under all other equal circumstances same viral load same like yes. amount of exposure or time of whatever same like you haven't been drinking the night before it like under all those equal circumstances these base pairs well not pairs these sequences in dna make a difference and how yeah, your body will respond totally, and I think that the like six months after having the affection, like fighting cells higher in your body, is an, is an, another big one. Like some people have got COVID a lot. Yeah, they clearly got AA or GA on their genome. You know what I, I mean? Know. In that like spot. I am surprised because I've known some people who got it three or four times. We both only had it once. Uh, unless we got it again and didn't know. You know that what I mean? Like I guess it's crazy because like I still like go out to like 
gay bars. But probably more. <laughs> I don't know. Think I'm about a, it. It's probably more like in the summer and stuff. Like we've probably been more careful. Like I'm not saying people who get it. Like some people's jobs make them more likely. Like we work well, from home. That's probably a big part of it. Yeah. We don't have to go. We're into not having like, to interact with people. Yeah. Like and especially like during most the winters, like the peak seasons, we're probably also more conscious to just like stay home more often. But I do think a big part of it is probably that we just like are so isolated and lonely and have like the most isolated depressing life alone <laughs> in our home do you know what i mean like we're literal youtubers it was like all i work with is like a camera and my dog yeah and you mm-hmm. sad oh, they've like <laughs> they've done something where they're helping dogs sniff out COVID now and i was like ernie help if there's one thing science loves is that they know how to get can... people on to, on like their side they're like dogs can smell cancer <laughs> but they are amazing they, they are amazing and they can and like slay 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 but yeah it's it's just um, I think there's just going to be more and more information looking into like why mm-hmm. some people get it more often than others. And like COVID is, yeah, like as much as it's been around for a long time, we still have so much to learn. And yeah, we're yeah we were just realizing it's nearly four years since the start of the pandemic. That's horrifying. Like not quite, but in March. It feels like it just happened. Yeah. I mean, it it's still going on. Yeah. Like, but it's, it's, like, it's just, it's so disorienting to be like, wait, like that's four years ago, I guess like maybe it feels like like at least just like one and a half. It's like time has gone so fast. Like I think it's because it feels like one and a half since things kind of, we got some normalcy back. That's what it feels like. You know, it doesn't feel like one and a half since the beginning. Like we were in lockdown for like years. Oh my God. And Omicron. Omicron was, people hate talking about COVID. I think I might've said this on the podcast. I love talking about COVID (laughs) because it's like, um, let's not ignore the, like, the one time the world came together with the same issue. Like it just feels like a, like it's kind of like, it's still amazing. Yeah. I don't like just like not talking about it. Like sometimes people will just like shut it down at like a dinner or something. And I'm like, no, like, I, yeah, still I think like, like people were just burnt out from it, but probably yeah. more and more people are like, okay, we can talk about it now. Cause it's not like yeah. the only thing we're talking I, about. I am going to be curious. Like when I get COVID next, like, what it like what it what it feels like to be like i have covid and everyone just be like you don't give a fuck (laughs) you know what i mean like it's just like yeah like there's just something about when i had covid the first time i was like it was like holy shit like it's it's in me like the virus i've been looking at photos of for year is like (laughs) in me and like it was so brutal and i was like i respect it i respect (laughs) whereas now i'm just gonna be like probably so scared and annoyed and no one's gonna care so scared like, I don't know. There's just something about, like, it happened. Like, at the time, I almost... Not that I enjoyed It's not nearly as scary it. now. Sorry. I guess... I guess there was something exciting about having the thing that I'd talked about so much. Yeah. Whereas the second time, I'm not going to have that quote-unquote excitement. I'm just going to be like... It's sick. just like I'm sick. Yeah. yeah. Okay, let's take a break. And then when we come back, we'll be talking about traveling and what? Whether it's good or bad for Yeah, you. and it's like... Oh, I don't know. It's really interesting, to be honest. It's such a new phenomenon. Okay, BRB. <laughs> Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? 
All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Study time. Study time. Study time. Okay, so here's a definition of tourism. <laughs> it's a social, cultural, and economic phenomenon which entails the movement of people to countries or places outside their usual environment for personal or professional purposes. You know what that reminds me of? It's not so like of? boring. It's like, oh. Sorry. Yeah, this reminds me of like, you know, when you're in grade seven or eight and you're giving a speech and you're like, my topic is tourism. And you go, you start, you, yeah, you start, the definition of tourism is, and then you say that. But it is interesting because it, <laughs> it is like, we're all like, oh, where are you going? Like in our privileged Western world, it's so like, I don't know. There's so much meaning put on it, but when you read the definition, you're just like, yeah, it is just you moving outside of your comfort zone to a new place for like a like, s- but not just your. I guess does it does tourism? Okay, it doesn't have to be outside of your own country. So is it one, just like anywhere. Like one, if I just go one city over, listen, is that like, li- <laughs> zip it. Listen, another <laughs> definition is someone who travels at least eighty kilometers. From they, his or her home <laughs> for at least twenty four hours for so business when I, like, or leisure. Go visit my family. I'm it doesn't like, count. It yeah, doesn't count. That's almost eighty kilometers. No, bold. It says f- like for at least twenty four hours. Yeah, I go visit for twenty four hours sometimes. Am I in tourism? My tourism. No, you're not though, because for the most part, we're just going for a few hours and coming yeah. home. Okay. Wait, um, is Guelph eighty kilometers? It's like seventy four. So it doesn't count based <laughs> on this. No, well, I, what if I go to the north end of Guelph? That truly is eighty. Yeah, and that would be more tourist vibes because you'd be like, "Wow, I've never been here." <laughs> um, we, if you haven't listened to the first half of the pod, uh, we're chatting about this because we did, we did just come back from a little trip, um, and we thought we'd ask ourselves: Is traveling slash tourism? good for you like what does it do to your brain what does it do to your body maybe a little bit on like we realized when we came together to do this episode there's a whole other potential episode about like how tourism impacts industry and can either help or hurt economies yeah we're like okay. not really gonna go into that too i much, have a right? lot of stuff about that so you oh, okay. do yours you do yours first because it feels like it's more about well um what do you mean first just like start talking about if it's good or bad yeah like obviously we travel a lot for our work which it does say here does count as tourism and we also Mm. are tourists a lot i feel like it's something that i love Mm. but then i'm just sometimes like am i making it up i think okay here's something i want to preface this entire episode with is the fact that obviously travel is a very privileged thing to do you need to have expendable money you need to be able to take time off work unless you're traveling for work but even being able to travel for work while tiring at times can be like an amazing experience right like you're afforded to go somewhere else often because someone's like bringing you somewhere else or historically you. the ability to travel was was reserved only for royalty and upper classes and yeah. i think that's still the it's still case. kind of the case yeah. and I, I was just thinking about that during like researching this how not that long ago like no one traveled 
right? Wait. Like not no one, but you'd have to be like literally. Yes. I'm going to try no and one discover traveled. another yeah. world. Yeah, they're like we're gonna go look for China. If you're like in Spain, <laughs> that's like the only way you could like travel. And even before and then they that, found North America. <laughs> even before that, like you know, not even that long. It's like people were like walking. They weren't even able to take boats. They were just like, I'm gonna keep walking in this direction and see what I find. And they were like, what travel? They were like, what's a wheel? So I guess in my mind. Because travel has become like not part of my identity, but obviously like I really enjoy traveling and feel like it. I'm going to talk about a lot of the ways that it is beneficial, but obviously it's not like essential to the human condition because for most of humanity, travel was not even possible. But what I will say is that there's maybe analogous situations of like the things travel bring you, you can get in other ways. So like on the surface, sorry, I'm not trying to cut you off. No, no, you're not. On the surface, travel enhances connections in your brain because you're like experiencing all these new things and having to see things in a new way and you're out of your comfort zone. And so while we're going to be talking about how great travel is in some ways, I know we might talk about how it's bad as well. Just know that like it's more the principles behind what it's providing that can be acquired through like doing new things in general, I think. And because I don't want this to come off as like super privileged because like, yeah, it costs a lot of money to travel like most people can barely afford their like stationary life right now. Yeah. It is about new experiences for me. And it's like, you can get those at home for sure. Mm -hmm. Also the word tourist first appeared in 1772, which is interesting because it's like, that's not that old context. Yes. And it suggests like, it's like the word tour comes from the Greek and Latin words circle and turn, which together creates tourism or tourists. It represents the activity of circling away from home and then returning. Huh. And isn't that like right before America was founded? Girl, I don't know. Shy I only American. know because of Hamilton. I'm just but thinking like 1776. So like maybe it was right around that time when people were actually starting to like take big voyages and some were like, I'm going to go to the Americas and come back. Well, the 1952 was the first commercial air flight from London, England to Johannesburg, South Wait, Africa, and Columbus, Sri Lanka. What? I know. 1952 was the first time a commercial plane flew. Exactly. Flipped. That's what I mean. I'm like, this is all so that, stupid. I know that sounds stupid. I'm shocked by that because if I think of it technically, I'm like, that's not that surprising. But that's but not that long like, ago. To think that tourism, and if that's the beginning, that is blows my mind also the 1950s saw the creation of club mediterranean and which is like a club holiday destination which was the precursor and the first technically all-inclusive resort again 1950s that's not that long ago and now it's just like so our parents were like just born and like for the first time people were like traveling yeah the idea of all-inclusive resorts came about in their life remember when we learned about cancun it was like created in the 70s as like a destination to yeah like pull the tourists. mexican government was like oh we're gonna try and pull like tourists make it attractive to- yeah to- yeah wow no i like i guess it's not that surprising but i don't know does everyone else feel so i, I feel really surprised I, that's why that. i said it because i was like this is insane if people are only taking commercial flights in 1952 this is so 70 new. years it sounds longer when you say it that way like for only but it's years. not that long to think about this thing that we all truly just take for like for it granted, is, yeah. It's just it's like it oh, granted. hop on a plane, go somewhere else where no one can speak the language you're speaking, and it has all these different traditions, all these different foods. Like it is pretty unbelievable. Yeah, and like, we're we're millennials, so we're young enough to just be like, globe. Like we didn't see globalization happen; we just lived in globalization. Mm-hmm. So we're just like, oh, sweet just Starbucks. It was always that way. Yeah. yeah. Whereas our parents are probably like, that's insane that there's a Starbucks. I mean, I still sort of feel like that's insane. Like the more and more. 
I see places as an adult now. I am like everywhere, at least the like fancy parts of everywhere are look the same now, right? Like even if you go to like a European city, that I'm got sure Ducky, 20, it's got yeah, Gucci, it's got McDonald's, it's got, it's got all the chains, yeah. all the fashion spots. And you're kind of like, even the way they're designed looks the exact same. So yeah. you're like, I could be anywhere. Whereas yeah. I actually bet 20 years ago, 20 years ago is probably the first time I had traveled. And I feel like it, it was like, actually so shocking to see a mcdonald's like there would be one mcdonald's was always like a yeah. chain that you could find everywhere not always but you know what i mean um so can you get into your research sure yourself? okay so there's like a couple different categories most of this research that i found is about like what it does to your brain and body and how traveling changes you so like the first one is about creativity and there was this study hmm. in 2009 which is obviously kind of dated now but they gave people a puzzle to solve where all that you might have heard of this i've heard of it before they gave them a candle tax and matches and candle tax like like, like i'm gonna pay my tax. tax no no like tax like thumb tax i know okay <laughs> tick, not tick tax thumb tax um, and basically they had to stick it to a cork board with only those materials like how somehow get a lit candle to be stuck to a cork board Whoa. with nothing else okay. and they basically found that people who had traveled or lived abroad had a way bigger variety of creativity around how they would solve Whoa. these problems um, and the I, the context or what the study concluded was that like when you get exposed to other cultures and people and ideas, it increases the amount of basically like bits of information that you can pull from and combine and cross over and like your neural connections are different because you've been exposed to different ways of thinking. Wow. Not necessarily literally different ways of thinking, but you know what I mean? Like your mm -hmm. brain's built different kinds of connections and it allows you to be more creative. So this is when I want to go back huh. to what I said about like, this is the principle, right? Like having new experiences can make you more creative. Travel is a very highly stimulating new experience where you're totally out of your comfort zone. Like when you leave your house and you walk down the street, most of the things your brain doesn't have to think about. But when you're somewhere new and you come out of your apartment or your Airbnb or hotel and walk down the street, suddenly every single thing is new. Oh, it's such a even, sleigh. Even when you cross the street, you're like, wait, I have to double check because I don't know which way the cars are If you're in from. London, they're coming the different <laughs> way. Um, and it's even like we, we were just in Spain and I was like, it's so, it's so fun to look at how different the streetlights are. Yeah. Like you, uh, my brain's looking for streetlights somewhere and, and then you realize they're in a different position. Totally. Hot everyone is. <laughs> Literally. <yeah. laughs> People in Spain are hot. Let's put it that way. <laughs> it's like, okay, where does the swagger come from? Is it born in ya? <laughs> or is it also, it's like a funny travel thing. It could just be because we're traveling. Like we were literally like best night of our lives best part like but it's like objectively they could have been just as fun as toronto but because you're traveling you're like your context is yeah different. you're just like Holy shit. well we've done that in toronto before where we say like let's pretend we're traveling yeah and then we, we stay out till 4 a.m and we have like, the best night of yeah, our lives yeah. so actually that is what i would say if you cannot afford to travel you need to get together with your friends and you have to say pretend we're traveling i did it this weekend for halloween because we went to the east end of toronto which is very far and i never go and i said we're going to munich <laughs> And as we went, even looking at the houses, I was like, look at that brutalist architecture. It, it just makes it more fun because you can travel within your own city. If you've never been somewhere, just like pretend that you've what it would feel like to be a tourist. And it is like enlightening. And I am like Toronto's such a sleigh. It is. I mean, also Toronto is such a huge city. Like some people might be in smaller places. And what I would suggest again is go back to the principle. It's new experiences. Put yourself, do something different, learn something or different. Or drive like, to the nearest big city and 
actually be a tourist. Yeah, fair. Case. But what I'm saying is you don't have to be a tourist to get this benefit. Like if you're learning a language or, a, yeah, or an instrument, true. like your brain is going to be building connections that are In going to ways, impact yeah. how you think, how you solve problems. Like you're just l- like literally stimulating your mind. Also, some people, unlike us who are like, we're like, Trava is a part of identity. Some people don't like to travel. Like oh, you just mean like in general? Like in general. And then sometimes yeah. I'm like, that is funny because we're so obsessed with it and have been forced to do it a lot for our job. So I feel like there's like mm. a certain skill that comes with that that makes traveling really easy. So it's like there's not really any anxiety. Yeah, be- but it's like, it would be like if I was like dating someone and they were like, I don't really like to travel. I would be like, okay, well then maybe I'll date someone. <laughs> like it's like, <laughs> it's kind of intense because some people really don't like it. I think they don't like the, the discomfort. The discomfort. And yeah, I mean, but everyone gets something. Some people like piano, some people like guitar, you know, like <clears throat> yeah, some totally, people don't totally. like playing an instrument. So it's like, it's totally fair if you're not interested in travel. And what I, I would think- say is like, if you have the means to do it, it's always worth trying something, right? Like, like most things in life if you can do it safely and not push yourself too far to your comfort zone, it might mean traveling to somewhere that's not as intense for you. Somewhere that's more similar to your home culture that you'd feel like less out of your element. Somewhere that speaks English. Like there's a lot of ways that I think some people jump too deep into the travel Hmm. when they're not ready and go somewhere like, you know, like India, that's really intense and like overstimulating. Oh my God, yeah. But even like Europe, like you can end up in places that are so touristy and like, it's just, there's a lot of parts of traveling that are not, actually that nice yeah totally and it's interesting because we've hit this stage of whatever whether it's capitalism or just like humanity and globalization where traveling like it can be so intense and everyone wants to find the place that's kind of like authentic and where locals go but like it not that it doesn't exist now but it's just like harder and harder you have to go to like oh my god okay i'm gonna talk about my information now because it like relates to that well first things first the coolest part for me about traveling is that it slows down time in the most insane way because mm. new experiences, they make your brain work harder and they actually slow down your perception of time. And truly it feels like we've been gone for six months, but we were gone for 18 days. And it's like, that's just an absolute <laughs> physiological sleigh that like, I actually think is why I travel. It's yeah. just to like, when Change life feels like it's going so fast, yeah. I'm like, okay, like, can we do a work trip or whatever? Okay. So this is like, how travel relates to Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which we need to do an episode about because okay. isn't it kind of Write it down. controversial? I'm sure. Like, I mean, most things in psychology are controversial. I know, but what, okay, maybe I'm thinking of something else. Like, wasn't there some other sort of like, I thought it was Maslow's hierarchy of needs, but there's something similar that also is controversial. Are you thinking of love languages? Are you thinking of personality that. types? Yes. I was thinking personality types. Or like, um, INFGs or like those kind of things, right? Yeah, but also love languages. Like all of these are really good episodes. Love languages <laughs> is so good because everyone's so obsessed with that. And then it's like, what if that's not real? Then we're all just like doing crazy shit to well, our Well, hot take. Just because something's not real doesn't mean you can't get anything out of it. No, I know. We'll wait for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so when it comes to traveling, this was a study like using Maslow's hierarchy of needs to explain how this is like from a tour, like it was more for the tourism industry, but also like how. They had this hilarious chart about how someone makes a decision about where they're going to travel. And it was like so scientific, but it was like the first thing was like, it was true, but it's like you obviously start by daydreaming or Mm -hmm. picturing the place. Yeah. 
which is like so funny because it's like okay true and then you show up and there's like an expectation that's either met Mm -hmm. or not met or exceeded or exceeded but they kind of almost had it like again it was like a scientific chart that was like either it's met Uh or it's not met and then from there you like make decisions about your trip and then in the end you decide like did i like like that like did it meet my daydreaming mm-hmm. or was it better than my daydreaming mm. or like will i tell someone to not go back there yeah it was just like a really funny you know when people like make something really scientific that you're like that is absolutely obvious yeah, yeah you know yeah. what i mean but sometimes like, someone's gotta say it yeah loud. and like they had to and like call do it studies. a <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah and they related to maslow's hierarchy of needs which is okay so to start so like in order to enjoy traveling somewhere you have to meet the first two which is like essentially like physiological and and safety needs yeah that makes sense so like like that if you felt unsafe it would not be enjoyable and it does feel like the first thing you kind of do is you show up you're like at the hotel like it's about safety you're kind of starting to mm. be like oh i mean even for us like we've done some intense travel and some of the first things i ask i'm like okay so is it safe for me mm-hmm. to walk like home here, at night yeah. and it's like because you, you just like instinctively like do that and when mm-hmm. someone's like oh hell yeah you're like oh slay. <laughs> and if they're like no it's like well then there's hopefully there are some other things that make it worth it. like yeah. yeah and then they weirdly put like gastronomy in here which i was like i guess because it like, like relates food? to food which is like part of well, obviously like level one or two of maslow's hierarchy of needs but i kind of was like gastronomy to me feels a bit like frivolous like it should be like somewhere else why don't you need to be able to eat no i know but when i think of tourism and eating i don't think of like sustenance i think of being like oh the gorgeous but you're right no actually you're right like you show up and you panic because you're like i need to eat food yeah and some people may have like fears around eating different foods that would make it more challenging for them to try something yeah okay no it actually makes sense and they're writing here like regions will have specific unique products and the location will inform the food so if you are enjoying it, that weirdly is level one and two. And that kind of is what? I'm just laughing. I'm sorry to side note, but I just was like, oh, that's a shirt you bought me for my birthday like three years ago, which I have never worn because you always wear it. And it just has like a giant hole in the pit. And I'm just like, I guess that's your shirt. Yeah, it is. <laughs> Toronto hairspray. Yeah. You know, I think I gave you like 10 shirts that day and I just, okay, I took one back. Um, yeah, that's okay. it. so food does fit into this. I'm sorry for questioning you study. That is interesting. Mm-hmm. And accommodation, obviously, it's like that has to do with your safety. Mm-hmm. And that is like a big part. Safety is interesting because I feel like we've been on some trips where I've definitely felt unsafe in moments. But I feel like there's this fine line of if you feel a little unsafe but end up being fine, it can be a really intense, amazing memory. You know what I mean? And you feel like you conquered something. Okay, well, now let me get into the next one because that can be what it has to do with. Actually, that might be even C. Sorry. So now we're in B, which is level three, which is the satisfaction of social needs. So your trip will start to like, say it just hits that you're safe and you're fed. Mm -hmm. You're not, it's like, you're not really it's not exceeding. Like yeah. it's not bringing you to a new level. This is the part where you start to feel like you're part of a community. You start to feel like you're almost blending in with the locals. It's like so funny. Like you meet a local person mm-hmm. for us in Barcelona. Everyone was so friendly that they told us about cool parties. We went and met yeah. them. We had friends. We like, mm-hmm. that was 
taking cool us experience. here to level three of Maslow's pyramid. Level four and five is self-appreciation and self-realization. I bet that self-realization comes from feeling unsafe and then actually getting True, through it. Where you're like, I was able to do that thing and I've, I learned something about myself and I feel more confident and I feel, yeah. I so mean, it's but, like, but again, yeah. that's like that line of like, had something gone wrong, maybe it would scar me forever. Yes, and I think that's <laughs> like why it's like this, this level four and five, which they said are like the this is what can create a perfect holiday, which is when you have like a self realizing moment. Mm -hmm. So the thing about safety that's so interesting is the reason it's low on Maslow's pyramid and so essential is that it is like about autonomy and like your basic needs. So if those are challenged and you are resilient and get through it, that can be what makes you have self realization about mm -hmm. your confidence or something. Yeah. So that's like actually the higher up in the pyramid, Weirdly, because your safety was challenged, but you got through it or yeah, something. Yeah. But it is like a lot of people don't, a lot of people maybe are like, I'm uncomfortable traveling and I just need my number one and my number two met. And I mm -hmm. go to an all-inclusive. And I get that. And I get that. Yeah. And I don't even care about blending in with the locals because it's like right. maybe I don't have the capacity to like risk that. Whereas you are such an experienced traveler that you're kind of like... I want to be self-realized, so I need to have my safety challenge. <laughs> but like, it is, it is. I don't like really want my safety challenge. No, no. I'm but just I'm saying, there's been times that I look back on fondly, but in the moment, I was like, I this is too much for me. That's weirdly like a lot of traveling, even just like getting sick. Like when you got sick traveling, yeah. you're like, oh, it's the worst. Yeah. But then it's kind of like, but then you're like, I made it through. Anyways, I just thought that was interesting. How like it it's pretty basic what ends up happening once you arrive in a place. If you're a tourist, like it, it is, it is, you know, you can go to different places or like try and find the most pristine or whatever, but it's, you're all trying yeah. to do the same sort of thing. Well, there's like, it feels like there's two levels of travel. One is where you're just like, you're there to see the things, right? Like, so what are the nicest churches? What are the coolest? The Sagrada Familia in Barcelona, coolest <laughs> church I've ever what? been in. What are the coolest, like, natural wonders here? Like, you're, you're going to those because they're magnificent. They inspire awe in you, which is, like, a really amazing emotion to have. Yeah. And then level two, not, not like that it's better, but just the second part of that, I think, is... I want to go somewhere and feel what it feels like to be someone living there. Right. Yeah. Like I think when you go to somewhere for a short period, you're like, I'm just here to like take in the sites to learn a bit about this country or this place and to see cool things. Yeah. And I'm never going to like, I'm never going to try and like blend in. Cause yeah. like, I'm like, yeah, yeah. I'm going to eat pizza and pasta in Italy, but I'm not like, Oh, this is how the locals feel. Yeah. But there's another version of traveling where you're like, I actually want to go to the restaurants yeah. or the bars where it's actually people from. <laughs> and here. it's so people talk. They're like, Oh, you gotta try this restaurant. It's where all the locals go. <laughs> I know. And it's just like so cringy. It can it's like, be so cringy. Yeah, write it down. Like, the sentiment is fair because there's something cool and special about being somewhere and feeling like, what does it feel like? Like, it's oh, there's nothing better to me in the world and being in Toronto and like realizing someone beside me is a tourist and then just like performing me being local <laughs> and just being like, like, you know what I mean? Like giving them the moment. Yeah. <laughs> being like, Oh my God, I'm so stressed with the TTC getting to and from my work. Cause I'm from Toronto. My home. I'm excited to sleep tonight where I've slept the last 365 days. <laughs> yeah. And like, Oh wow. You're at this restaurant. You did it. Cause I come here every Friday. It's my <laughs> local spa. It's just so hard to know who's a tourist in Toronto it's so diverse mm -hmm. whereas like when you're in like italy you're like okay it's the ones that aren't speaking italian because <laughs> yes. no offense but like and no it, one speaks italian it was like, well, it's everyone <laughs> oh my god okay yeah so italy has so 
Italy has a tourism problem. Like they do. Like I was, that's what I was starting to read was about how tourism, you know, sustainable development Mm. can be an issue. And I just was reading about the issues. I'm like, Italy is having that right now. Yeah. I think a lot of cities through Europe, I think it do because they're so accessible. Like a English is very pervasive. So it's easy to travel them. B the food and cultures are similar enough. So lots of like North Americans and people from Britain and other parts of Europe feel comfortable going. But then I'm like, was it the white Lotus? (laughs) Like I'm like, I'm sure that I'm sure the pandemic like and White Lotus d- didn't help, but that's just for the coast. Yeah, but okay, there was Not a study like I read Rome. about how lockdown made people feel less free and fantasize about traveling mm. more than they ever had. Yeah, so I know that a big part of what we were learning in Italy was that it was like a post-pandemic issue, like, like a boom. Yeah, like there are so many tourists in Italy. We were at their like quote-unquote shoulder season, and they're like, we've never seen this many people into October. And I think that they were stressed because they were realizing they weren't able to give people like the experience, the experience yeah. they want. They're like, you can't actually get from that city to that city because the buses fall. And there, yeah, there's not enough room or like there's all these reservations you haven't made. These restaurants are all so busy because there's way more people than normal. Like, yeah, I think that is an interesting part of like going back and thinking about how travel only started like 70 years ago and that's like to say the first trip like i'm sure the actual travel tourism industry and italy is an interesting one just because there's like so much history you know like thinking of greece and italy and also history of travel like when they were talking about affluent historical people traveling italy was a place that they yeah it was like you go to the coast of italy if yeah. you were a rich Italian or like a yeah. rich or a rich person. British person. Yeah. yeah. Because yeah. it's like beautiful. Yeah. We, cause so we were on the Amalfi coast at one point and it was just kind of interesting being like, they're actually compared to like all the rest of Italy where there's like thousands and thousands of years of history is kind of like the history here is just that like rich people came and made houses because it was pretty yeah and it was like a relaxing and it's countryside. like some of them were like yeah we made paper and like farmed lemons but that's like, not like that's yeah it. It, but whereas obviously if you go to like rome and you go to yeah. like you're like seeing like the beginnings of not beginnings of humanity but like of a kind of civilization and we were on a hiking trip so it was taking us into really satisfying like in the mountains like challenging yeah. hikes in the mountains behind amalfi which was really beautiful but then i was like thinking about being stuck in a tiny mm-hmm. amalfi city for a day and you could tell people's buzzing energy and anxiety of like what do we do like thankfully the water and weather was good enough that people could like go to the beach but like there's you know like, there's just full restaurants mm-hmm. that don't have room for you <laughs> and then it's just like it's it was it was a tense energy. Yeah, but that, that was like that was because the tourism industry there has yeah. just it's like it's that struggling. pandemic yeah. boom after that. Yeah, yeah. but I think um, yeah, I think that's happening all over, and more and more people around the world also now. Like so many other countries have like like much more affluence than ever before. So like not only do you have like so many North Americans and everyone around the world is like now traveling. I just think like there's more people than yeah. ever traveling. And it is interesting to study that the psychology of the pandemic did make people who maybe weren't apt to travel before want to travel mm-hmm. because they feel felt so for the first time they couldn't. Yeah. Which I thought was so interesting. Yeah, I always like psychological. knew they said in Italy, like, Oh, people had two year vouchers. So they had to come to Italy because mm-hmm. they'd already planned a trip. That was like what people were kind of humming and hawing about. But I'm like, no, there's also a psychology mm-hmm. here of everyone being told they can't travel. Yeah. It, like humans when it's are taken just, away. You're yeah. like, you know, it's kind of like when, you know, we live in Toronto and it's like, we've never, we don't go to the CN Tower or like the Sky yeah. Dome or whatever, but maybe if it was like taken away. Or if they're like, back, we're closing it, I'd be like, oh my God, I need to go like, Yeah, we've CN never Tower. gone. Like it's, I think there's a lot of that in 
places people live. They're like, oh, I I've love never the gone. Sky Dome. Well, for like events, but I still am just but saying. You've, you've, there's lots of tourist attractions in Toronto we've never even probably heard. I of. also love the CN Tower. The CN Tower and the Sky Dome are absolute sleighs from <laughs> a visual are. perspective. Yes, they are. They're so <laughs> iconic. Thank God they build them. Imagine we didn't have them and the skyline was just like, you know, no offense, Vancouver's and it's just like, oh I'm kidding. Vancouver also has gorgeous mountains we never could have. But there's yeah. something about the blue glass buildings of like, again, I'll just go there because I already ragged on them earlier in the podcast, Sydney, Australia. <laughs> just That's like, what Toronto Oh, wait, wait, wait. Like. I'm like, they also have the most beautiful opera house yeah. and incredible bridge. <laughs> Like, no, I bet, okay, Toronto's, that's what I mean. Right. When we came back from like traveling, we're like, Toronto's <laughs> yeah. ugly. It's so ugly. It's so, it's ugly. so ugly. I'm trying like you, my best. We were in Barcelona. And it's like every street is just like gorgeous, gorgeous. buildings, beautiful okay, trees. Okay, so that's lining, what that's my beautiful point. walkways, beautiful <laughs> bike lanes. Like we, everything was gorgeous. Okay, but that is my point. Without like, thank God Sydney has the Opera House and that bridge. Thank God Toronto has the CN Tower and the Sky Dome. <laughs> because without it, it's actually just like fuck, this is so ugly and there's nothing. There's like, they're, they're iconic buildings and the Sky Dome opens. It's very cool. So, okay, in Canada. Does that not happen at other stadiums? No, the way that it opens, a lot of them will be open air if they're in like LA and stuff because it doesn't rain enough. Right, like but are there not closes. other ones that close? There's gotta be. There's gotta be some, but it's still really freaking cool okay. that it can be a winter place and then the summer yeah. open up. Thank God they designed that. <laughs> Okay, in 2011, this is in Canada, tourism created $78.8 billion and it created 603,000 jobs and it accounted for more of Canada's GDP than agriculture, forestry, Whoa. and fisheries combined. Whoa. I know. We don't know there's tourists here, but they're here. And a lot of like them will like drive across the country. It's like, well, I've never wow. done that. And then this was talking about sustainable development and how, like what you were saying, like a lot of tourism is linked to wanting to go to the most pristine place but that's like counterintuitive because in order to get tourists there you have to like destroy the environment yeah and i didn't know sustainable development because people would study that at our university the definition is the needs of the present without compromising the ability the ability of the future generation to meet their own needs Hmm. i was like that's such a specific way of defining that that is interesting with tourism yeah like how do you have people come to a place without like impacting the place itself and in, in the future yeah. for the people who live there. It's like, yeah. okay, like that's going to be hard. And then this was talking about how tourism is going to be affected in Canada by climate change. And it was like interesting, like warmer temperatures. It's going to be like really hot and like heat stress for tourists, cooling costs, decreasing snow cover. is like a big issue for Canada because people mm-hmm. would come to ski. Oh, uh, like, so you mean, de- you said decreasing? Yeah. Lower uh, mainland mountain resorts didn't have enough snow for a season in 2014. Um, and then obviously increasing storms, like droughts in California. Like you can't like get people mm-hmm. water. Then this one was like increased frequency of heavy precipitation and that flooding in Manitoba caused the swinging bridge attraction to close fully. Hmm. Like things like that where you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, more extreme weather makes it even just scarier to go to a place that potentially has extreme weather, right? Like even here, like we get some pretty intense winter blizzards and if those get more and more extreme or unpredictable, I'm sure some people will be afraid of that. Like I'm afraid to go to places where there's like hurricanes and stuff. Yeah. And if I know they're more unpredictable than ever before, that makes it less appealing to go somewhere like that. And there's also something called the tourism carrying capacity, which is like this 
algorithm to figure out the maximum number of visitors which an area can sustain without unacceptable deterioration of the physical environment mm. and without considerably diminishing user satisfaction. So I'm like, I think the Amalfi Coast's TCC, tourism carrying capacity, was overstretched. Mm. And I'm like, there is an energy that you feel if you go somewhere like that where you're like, yeah. this isn't built, but everyone wants to be here. Like, yeah. It's just like interesting because it's like an inevitable industry and an inevitable concept where all humans are probably going to do forever. Yeah. And there are ways that people try to like design them. I do think Toronto would be a great place to come because the TCC is on point. You think? I don't think people are coming here and thinking it's overrun with tourists and they oh, can't figure out how to live. I thought you said the TTC, like, oh my like our subway system is <laughs> no, pathetic next hell. to like anywhere in Europe. Yeah, every city we'd go to in Europe, we're like, oh, you have so many trains in your really old city. With like, <laughs> and they go like oh. everywhere. Yeah, like how did you build these? And we are like such an affluent country. Cool. <laughs> no, I mean like, the, like it the doesn't feel like tourists capacity. have ever overrun, overrun. Toronto. And, yeah. and therefore we don't, I never, whenever I meet a tourist, I get excited. Whereas mm -hmm. in Europe, sometimes they're like, get the fuck out. You're right. Because they're like they're ruining like our city. Getting in the way. Yeah. Um, the only other things I was going to talk about were like uh, more about the body. Uh, like studies on rats have found like when they're put in either like limited environments or enriched environments where they have like toys and things to do, like their brains grow so much more. They have so many more synaptic connections. Hmm. Um, like mimicking tourism. Yeah. They're kind of saying like when it, this is all or about traveling. like new experiences, mm -hmm. right? So when you give a rat more to do, its brain grows like all over and you see yeah. all these different connections um, in terms of stress. They found that after trips, like it can last five weeks that people feel less stressed. I feel less stressed, less headache. Yeah. Like it yeah. lingers with you. So it's like a great way to release. Cause obviously, I mean, that's probably more related to even just like working, right? Like working is very stressful. But I also think when you see the world, you do, it minimizes you your home yeah. stress. You're kind of like the world's oh, so big. Yeah. Like you're just living life here in Spain and don't I've give never a thought shit about, about me. Yeah. Totally. It kind of helps. You're like, it's like looking yeah. at the stars in a way where yeah. you're like, everything's so big why am I so stressed? And then you even see like their stress, like you'll meet like someone and they'll be like, I'm so stressed with work, but you're like on vacation. And you're like, don't be. <laughs> it's like easier to be like, why? Nothing matters. Just yeah. Like, enjoy like, life. Just, God, just like, just do your job and then enjoy your life. Like yeah. it does take away this sort of like hustle culture of at least like America's so hustle culture. Actually, I bet Europeans go to New York and then they and then get feel more stressed. stressed. <laughs> they're like, wait, everyone Everyone's going so fast. Like working so hard. Um, interestingly, I found a study that showed people who are sleep deprived actually sleep better while they're traveling. Um, it was, there's like 20,000 oh. people who were wearing Whoa. like wearable monitors and it was people who already sleep seven and a half hours, like would sleep less while they were traveling. But for those who were underslept, uh, this is in areas where they weren't changing time zones. They got more sleep, probably because they're on vacation. Like, you know what I mean? And or also like, oh, true, they're not having to get up. I was like, and it's the stress of working so much. I'm sure there's lots of factors, but they just found that people who have sleep problems would sleep more. Wow. So, solution if you can't sleep, and ultimately the overall happiness of people who travel is a bit higher. But it's important to note that work, family life, and friends plays a much bigger role, but travel is just, it said something like 7% happier if you accumulate travel experiences. So it's not That's like- That's interesting, because the family, friends, and home life is so important. Like, I feel Work was in there too, you know? Work, sorry. I'm gonna drag, like, the idea of people, and it's just like, everyone probably freaking hates me, because I also think at this point, I'm also kind of coming for Australians again. <laughs> but it's like, the idea of, like, when you make traveling the own, like, 
like those the, people the that center you, point of your identity. Yeah, and it's kind of like, but okay, okay no, I just think people. Week. It can be an exploration, especially at a young age. I think. I think it's an amazing <laughs> thing about Australian culture is that they are so well traveled yes, okay, and that, they sorry. take gap years and they like see the world and they encourage young people to like get that perspective. Okay, I this okay, I'm going to bring I'm going to like say a story <laughs> about an Australian person that is not about all Australian people but it's telling me the certain people I'm talking about like there was this one time I went to Berlin. <laughs> And I was like at a hostel and I was alone. So I was like making friends and there was this girl and she was just so, she was an Australian girl on her one year freaking trip mm-hmm. around the world vibes. And so she was in Berlin and she was so obviously obsessed with like being alternative mm-hmm. and like loved that she was in Berlin and really wanted to find like the hottest club and the like most squattery squatter at place of all time, even okay. though it's like you're in a hostel, you're not <laughs> squatting. And we went on like, I initiated probably we should go on like a walking tour of the city. Like they're really good. And it ended at this part of Berlin. That's like the equivalent of like Times Square, I guess, or like Uh just like a busy business area. And she literally had a panic attack. She's like, I can't even see this. Like, (laughs) like she was just like, Oh my God. She was like, cause she'd had this idea, I guess, spending four days in Berlin. She'd have such an amazing time just being like, it's all alternative. mm -hmm. Everyone it's counterculture and it's like, no, we're like, there's like a, a there's lot, lot of people of like in money Berlin to be who are made, just like, like normal, yeah. like who aren't just constantly like going to Bergheim. Right. And she was like, she, uh, it was like, I had to comfort her. <laughs> and I was just like, you're not from me. Like yeah. it was, and that energy sometimes like when we were in South America, right. people who are like American who are like, you know, it's They're giving kind like, of blind giving like cornrows in the hair and being yeah. like, I actually am living like, I in get Costa Rica. It here. And yeah. it's like, no, you're a really rich white person who moved yeah. to Costa Rica. Like, and I'm like, to me, those people are sacrificing their family, their friends, and their work at home to do this thing that ev- that if you think is more valuable than those yeah. other things, you might get lost in the That's plot true. of it. Yeah, and it is a bit illusory. And like, of course, there's something to gain from it, but you have to like put it in perspective. And I'm just, I'm like, again, maybe just privileged to love Toronto and love my home life. Mm-hmm. So traveling feels like such a nice thing to do, but it's not. It's like cherry on top of like yeah. the base of what you already, you need a good, cake to appreciate everything yeah yeah and like i hope that that girl from australia is not listening or remembers this but i just remember (laughs) being like this is so funny like berlin is still has such a lore around it Mm -hmm. and it's like babes there's a zara and lots of people from (laughs) berlin are shopping at zara like i'm sorry they are yeah like maybe for a black tank top to get into bergine but like it's just it's just it's just kind of funny Mm because it's like yeah like sometimes you want a place to be something that you dreamt of. Yeah. And, and sometimes like, you're trying to fulfill your own needs yes, in the yes. first place. And people do that with travel. They do it with lots of things, right? Like there, you build she, an identity around. She literally ran away from me and my friend because we like needed to find sunscreen. <laughs> and we like had to go into the like equivalent of the large pharmacy. Cause I was like, I'm going to get sunburned. And she's like, I can't, I can't be oh here. I can't. And she like God. ran onto the subway and I was like, That's okay, well, so funny. I'm going to just buy some sunscreen. I'll meet you at the, at the Hostel. Also, there was an American guy, and it was so sad. And he'd been there for like 
what weren't you with me for this one? I don't He'd know. He'd been there for like a week and a half and he said he wouldn't leave Berlin oh, until yeah. he got into Berlin. He tried to go to Berlin like every and single so night. And so every night we'd be like, hey, we're going for dinner. See ya, Chris. And he'd be like putting on his belt and being like, <laughs> I'm going to try again. And we're like, good luck. It's oh, like, my oh God. my God, this goddamn club. <laughs> yeah, it has such a lore around yeah, it. Yeah, it's, it's so, so funny. funny. And people still talk about it. Like, I, I think even on this last trip, people are just like, Bergheim, mm-hmm. the sound system. <laughs> it's just like butter to your ears. And you're just like, no, it's not. But okay. Anyways. I think like at the end of the day, like, do you think traveling is good? I guess the one thing we haven't fully talked too much about was like how. The impact on the environment. Yeah. The environment and just like how even thinking about like that. Well, not that girl you were talking about, but like a lot of people with money from Western countries go to these yeah. other countries that are less privileged and use the power of their dollar, which actually yeah. impacts the local economy. Like, and nowadays, since the pandemic, especially, there's a lot of what do you call them? Like digital nomads. Digital nomads. So people who are like, I can work from abroad. Like, I don't need to be in my office. So they're making like okay, American let's do, or Canadian. Let's do an dollars. episode on digital nomads yeah, because okay. I do think that that is different than tourism and i yeah. do think we could do one about tourism like this was That's more about true. traveling yeah. that i do think that these are all important things to think about but having been in medellin medellin where digital nomads are creating a really big tension within the city and watching it happen in real time i was like this is a separate thing than yeah. tourism yeah you're right they because tourism you were come a you lot spend more interested in tourism yeah. yeah like and and they were a lot i think more um yeah, I don't know. It felt like the tension, at least in Medellin, was coming from the people who were staying for six months and mm-hmm. working and getting paid in American and then like spending renting their money there. Their, and, yeah. Yeah, bringing rents up, bringing the price of everything up, really. That is really interesting, though. It's like almost like we should have our friends from like Medellin like come on the pod for that because it's kind of hard for us to discuss. Give that perspective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, then at the end of the day, do you think travel is a good thing for like a person? Well, the thing, just like for me personally, like I love it so much and I think it helps me so much like I genuinely when you said you're less stressed I'm so much less stressed right now Mm. I loved it it makes me feel so fulfilled and I just yeah no I just it's just something that I love and I am so freaking privileged also even so privileged in my like and like I don't have anxiety like I don't have these things that make around traveling you mean yeah, but like even in like even if I didn't have around, if I had severe anxiety, like it would just be hard to travel. Like I just have this like a like I don't know. I just I see it's it's not. Um, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of parts of it that could be really unenjoyable for people that I just yeah. don't have that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I love it, and I love seeing the world. I think it makes like me feel so like comforted. Mm-hmm. You, you? Ask me? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I think travel is amazing. And like, again, I get, I think you can get some of these benefits in other ways, but travel is just like a way to throw yourself into something else. Like not to bring up Big Brother, the show is on, but it's similar to that where it's like, you can't construct a situation like that for yourself. But yeah. travel is kind of a way where you're just yeah. like putting yourself somewhere else. And now all these variables are different and it's like hyper stimulating for your brain. I think it does like lead to like why we are care so little about our job (laughs) or like, I just feel like so many of our American peers who don't travel that much are so committed to their, like they get a little myopic about their job. And so I think that in some ways, the reason why I at least have been so calm 
about ASAP science. How a lot of the time has been like, I travel and I'm like, no one here gives a fuck about ASAP science. Right. Yeah. Whereas I feel like it's you like, kind of, you build your own world that this is so yeah, important. It really has helped me with like stress and like not sort of caring so much, caring enough to like build a career, but not to take you out and show, give you perspective is always helpful. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? To just put, stop you and be like, your world is small and that doesn't have to be a sad thing. That can actually be a really exciting and liberating thing to yeah. realize. And it, and it is about where you choose to go. Like whenever I go to New York or LA, I feel more anxious about my job. Yeah. Like it's like, and I bet a lot of people. Because you're surrounded by. Yeah. yeah. Or if I go to like London, it's mm-hmm. like these places are cool, but I'm still thinking like, oh, it's like when I go to literally anywhere but those three places <laughs> where you start to be like, like, yeah, like in Medellin, it was yeah. just like, I don't. I don't know. It's just, that's the type of travel that makes me feel less stressed. Mm-hmm. Cause some people might just like love going to New York and then like not get the same sort of like, yeah, but to each their own as well. Yeah. Just totally. Think. Like totally. I think it, if you're into it, it's such a cool thing to do. It's like offers, it can offer so much, um, that it's worth doing. Yeah. And it obviously has like some pretty good effects on your brain. But I'm so excited um, to talk about all those other ones, including yeah. digital nomads, love languages, personality types. Okay, like and subscribe, or else that was that the word. Oh Thanks for God. listening, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.